Amen. Well, we're so glad you're here. Boy, I have no time. And Tim, it's not your fault. As the worship leader, I can't blame the worship leader. That worship leader likes to worship. <laughs> I need somebody to blame. We live in a blaming society, and who am I going to blame? That worship leader just won't respect the pastor at all. All right. Blake, if you'll get me started up there. You know, we're dreamers. We are dreamers. It's called uh, life detours. I hate to even say that. Now maybe you get what's going on on stage here. We're born dreamers. You know, we all have heroes, people that we look up to and people that I want to be like. You know, did you ever have that dream? And I, you know, I grew up playing sports. Maybe it was something different for you. But you would go out at your basketball court or your basketball, wherever you shoot ball or play football or baseball. And you dream you're in the last five seconds of the NBA championship going against Larry Bird. This was my day. Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dennis Rodman. You know, we're just going to we're going to get him. Bill Lambeer, who I couldn't stand. You know, I don't know if y'all go back that far, but. You know, Bill Ambeer was a mean guy, wore a thing on his face so he wouldn't get his face hurt. I, hopefully, I got some Michigan people here that loves Bill Ambeer, and I'm trying to <laughs> play for the Pistons. But you'd be in the last five seconds and counting it down, down one, down one point, shoot a 25-footer and make it to win the game. You know, you just have these dreams as a child of where you're going and what you're going to be and, you know... Fortunately, no one tells you that the percentage of being a professional athlete or I think you have as good a chance to go to the moon as you do to, you know, not maybe not quite that. That's being struck by lightning, but it's close. Have you ever dreamed about something other than the lottery? You know, you've had a dream. You know, but you, you know what I'm talking about? We're born dreamers. And I'll tell you, when a person gets old, they stop dreaming. They stop having the vision. It's not about wrinkles and about age. It's when we stop dreaming. And it's easy to do. Well, I hope this morning will, 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 will mean something to you. Because we've all been dreamers. How many of us have had a dream? Have had a goal or a vision? Something down deep in our hearts. Blake, can you find it? Life detours. Pastor Stephen, go into my folder. I had a plan. I had a dream. Sometimes things just don't work out like you think. Just, just don't worry about it. We don't need PowerPoint, do we? <laughs> but we do. No. I want to talk to you about life detours. The things that happen to you in your life that just kind of throw a wrench in your system. So little side trips that we take. And sometimes we never get back on the main road to a dream. Sometimes we do. Sometimes our detours are of God. Sometimes they're not. Amen. Some of them are our own falling. But I want to talk to you about this. I think it'll be helpful and practical. We're going to start with Genesis chapter 50, where Joseph had this incredible dream 
that God had for him. I had a picture of a detour on a road, and I, I want to ask you, have you ever driven up on a detour on the interstate, on your vacation? And as a extreme, excessive planner, I can't tell you the thoughts that go through my mind when I drive up on a detour. What thoughts do you have when you come up on a detour? What thoughts cross your mind? And don't say them out loud. Are you frustrated? Are you frustrated? You think it's, this is not part of the plan? Man, I'm off track. I'm off time. I'm confused. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how long it'll take to get back on track. You know, even if there's a wreck out here on Interstate 40 and you have to get off and go get on Highway 70, and many of us have grown up kind of going on those roads, you still don't do it every day. Going into Cindy Dillon's back backyard and the place that uh, the Internet was invented, the home of the Internet being invented. Did you invent the Internet? No, Al Gore invented the Internet. Don't you know? But think how 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 we feel when we get off track just in our car. You know, we get so confused. So why do so few people, why do so few people ever realize their dreams? Number one, unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. What are some sources of unrealistic expectations? Number one is other people. Sometimes other people put goals in our head, in our pathway that are just unrealistic. They're not going to happen. And I preached on this about raising your children. So many times we want our children to be what we want them to be. Maybe what we weren't. What we were not able to be. Do you remember the scripture? Raise up children in the way that they should go. In the way that what? God created them to go. Not in the way that you, number one, think they should go. Or maybe number two, the way you failed and you want them to go. That isn't the way to raise your children. That puts expectations on a child like my daughter, the doctor. Now, let me tell you, she can be a doctor. Hallelujah. Be one. Or my son, the astronaut. Or my son, the Marine. That one hurts. To raise them up as they should go. But people put sometimes put unrealistic expectations on us. Have you ever been expected to do something that you were not qualified to do? It's hard. Number two. Not just other people. But ourselves. Many times we are our own worst enemy. We expect too much of ourselves. We want to do so well. Climb so high. And then we put such a burden on our backs. And sometimes it's just too much. Now, how do you know that your dream is realistic or your vision is obtainable? There's a couple things that, that might help you understand whether your vision, your dream is obtainable. Number one, it will be affirmed by other people. Now, you say, Pastor, you just said your dreams might be too unrealistic because of other people. They will be affirmed. They will be affirmed by other people other than your family. <laughs> How many knows family is kind of tainted? They're kind of skewed. They're kind of off. <laughs> Not always. Not always. 
But they're off sometimes. If your dreams and goals are realistic and right, there will be affirmation from other sources. I guarantee you through, uh, I want to call you Pastor McLaughlin because you've been pastor. I don't know if you still carry that title, but I'm going to call you pastor. Pastor McLaughlin was a pastor at Trinity Assembly for years and completely walked away feeling this calling. And I guarantee you there were men and women affirming what you were saying. When Elizabeth and I, when the Lord was calling me into ministry, um, there were times that we would fight it. There were times that she would fight it. And we went to Brownsville, to the uh, the, uh, Brownsville Assembly, where the uh, Brownsville revival happened. And we couldn't even get in the door before people started prophesying over us. Reading our mail. Affirming, according to God, not just one, but out of two or three mouths. And when people start affirming, what yours to do, you can start to know, you know what, this is obtainable. Amen? But also, it will be compatible with your gifts. Do you know that God's given you gifts for one reason, and that's His plan for you? For I know the plans I have for you. That plan will line up with what He has created you to be. The strengths that you have will line up with God's plan. When you are going down a road that does not line up with your makeup, there may be a problem. I almost want to say I might be a redneck. That's what it kind of felt like. It was very bizarre to go and spend this much time in Texas and run into rednecks the same as we do here in Tennessee. You know, you expect it to be a whole nother level. Hey, we're finally getting out of Hicktown. And no, we fell right back into it. Except they just wear cowboy boots and spurs and cowboy hats. But they talk just like us. Well, all right. I'm back home. God has given your gifts for one purpose, and that is for his plan. Those gifts enhance the design and the dream that God has for our lives. So if I tell you that my my goal in life is to be. The, well. I've got down an opera singer, but y'all might say, well, you do sing. I cannot sing opera. I can barely sing. But to be an opera singer, I think you might all decide, you know what? You might have missed your calling. (laughs) I didn't know that would be that funny, but. (laughs) You see, our gifts enhance the dream. If they don't, it won't happen. So let's go to the second one. Why do so few people not realize their dream? Number one was unrealized expectations or unrealistic expectations. Or number two, uncooperative circumstances. Can everybody say amen to that one? Are y'all here? Are y'all with me? Some situations come up in our journey that do not cooperate with our dream. I've loved the quote by Paul Harvey. He said, you can tell you're on the road to success. It's uphill all the way. Uh, Blake, find John 16, 33 for me. How true it really is. And in the journey, it's hard enough to get through your vision even when things go well. But a lot of times, things just don't go well. In fact, Jesus said in John 16, 33, it said, in this world, you will have trouble. That doesn't preach very well. But yet it's true. You are not alone. You will have trouble. But be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. What does that tell you? The trouble that you have 
is dealt with because what God's overcome includes that trouble. It doesn't say, I've overcome a few of these troubles. I've overcome the world. You name it, I'm victory over it. My name is victory. The Owens sing these songs that I try to know because I just blow their children's minds when I come singing their songs. And they sing a song, your name is victory. And they go, that's my song. Oh, no, that's my song. Jesus says at first, you're going to have problems and barriers, but there's going to be setbacks and times when we're faced that we're faced in in the least with insurmountable obstacles. Now, the Lord said, you're going to have problems. But then he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. In other words, greater is he that is in me. Greater is what's in me than what I could ever face. Nothing can face me that I can't overcome. According to God's word, according to God's plan. How many knows you'd better be on God's plan to be an overcomer? We can't just claim an overcoming situation and not walk with God and overcome. We've got to walk with God. Then the overcoming comes. Paul says in the J.B. Phillips translation, you're going to know this scripture, but listen to it from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, we are handicapped on all sides and we're never frustrated. We're puzzled, but never in despair. We're persecuted, but we never have to stand it alone. We may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. How many knows that scripture? We sing a song. Uh, it's Pastor Stephen's verse. He gets up here and sings it with us every time. I'm pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I am blessed beyond a curse for his promise will endure that his joy is going to be my strength. Though the sorrows may come for the night, his joy comes in the morning. We don't have to live under a dark cloud. We are more than overcomers. Tremendous passage. Paul says in this world, we are going to have uncooperative circumstances in the path to our dream. But it's okay. You may be knocked down. You may be off course. But get back on course and pursue our dream. There was a survey done of the top 300 most impactful, most successful men and women who have ever lived. They looked at the Einsteins. They looked at the Churchills. They looked at the Lincolns. I'm talking about the people that changed the world. And they found two very interesting things. Number one was that a quarter of them, 25% of them, had some major physical handicap. Whether they were blind or deaf or some major handicap. 25%. But also, and this is the biggie, 75% came out of poverty or a broken home or some kind of disturbed childhood. 75%. Now, if you're coming from a background that's not ideal, your heart ought to be soaring right now. Because it doesn't matter the situation. You can, with the help of God, overcome what you're going through. You can overcome any problem that may be facing you. 
There's no such thing as being born on the wrong side of the track. What causes problems is not what side of the track we're born on. It's what attitude you have toward the side of the track you were born on. It shows that we can, with the desire and God's power, have the right attitude. I read about a a, a guy that was taking a, a... a place in Congress, our U.S. Congress, and was taking that position. It's kind of fresh right now because we've just walked through those elections. And he found a note from the former congressman that said, in times of stress and severe problems, open one envelope. And as he looked, there were three envelopes there. So a few months went by and he started to have problems. Things started to go wrong. He started to have problems with the press. So he opened up the first envelope and it said, blame your predecessor. So you know what he did that and it bought him some time. It kind of got the it kind of called the wolves off. But about a month or two later, he started having problems again. And this time with a feather, fellow congressman. And he opened up the second envelope that said. Reorganize. And you know what? That always buys a politician some time firing his staff or kind of saying we're going to change things. We're going to have a new plan. We're going to try things differently. But a few months later. He had a problem with the president. So he opened the third envelope and it said, prepare three envelopes. Is that where you are? Is that where you are ready to prepare three envelopes? Just saying, man, I need to start over. This just isn't working. I can't do this any longer. I want you to hear something. You're pressed but not crushed. You're persecuted, but not abandoned. You may be beaten down, but you're not destroyed. You are blessed beyond the curse. For his promise will stand that his joy is going to be your strength. And even though you may have troubles, my God has overcome the world. And if I will turn back to God again, It's just like uh, Pastor McLaughlin said, 10 steps isn't going to get it. God will get it. We want the 10 steps. We want to do the natural, but we want to do the natural with the supernatural. You do the natural without the supernatural. Let me tell you, the, the demon supernatural will bring you down even if you do everything right in the flesh. If we could do everything right in the flesh and succeed, what do we need Jesus Christ for? We want to do the natural, but not absent of the supernatural. So I want you to know, if you are at a point that you can't go forward, your step is not to start figuring out all your problems. Your first step is to turn to God. Again, true repentance is a turning back to God. Turn back to God and let's start being overcomers, not beaten down people, not unsuccessful. Let's be people of breakthrough, not breaking. I don't want to be broken. I want to be a breakthrough person. Amen? Amen. Detour doesn't mean the end. It just means... We're going to get through it. Can y'all pray with me? Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I want this going to sound funny. But I thank you that my PowerPoint didn't work. 
How big a deal is that? Lord, our key this morning is to turn to you. If we don't turn to you, it, it, there's no, there is no hope. Father, I thank you that through our trials, sometimes it causes us to turn to you. Lord, I hope that those that have come in here completely beaten down and hurt, Lord, are at a position to turn. I thank you that your word says you'll receive us. If we will just make one step to you, you will come to us. If we will draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Help, Lord, in our greatest time of need. You know what? You may be here today and you have never made that decision for Jesus Christ. Would you do that today? Would you step out this morning? Would you raise your hand? Would you do something? Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Save me, Jesus. Would you do that this morning? Don't try to live this life on your own. You can't do it. Give your heart to Jesus. You may be here and you just need prayer. You need breakthrough. You need God to intervene in what's going on in your life. If that's you, praise God. His presence and power is here. When we stand up and start to sing, I want to ask you, step out. Let us pray for you this morning. Let this day be the start of your breakthrough. Because this is the day that you turn back to the Lord. We all stand with me. As we sing, as with those that are ministering would come forward, we want to give you a moment to, for us to pray with you. I just encourage you, step out this morning. Let the God who has overcome the world have impact in your life. In Jesus' name, amen.